There we go. There we go. That's much better. Sounds much better. <clears throat> yeah. name again it's Kano. Kano okay you you hello good people how are you good folks doing this is the for the stress podcast hope you're all right my name is 4kj i am joined always by the good brother frankie metals what up aka el capitan aka caps lock aka el cap aka the backwood ninja aka the savior how are you beloved doing great why you had to put on <laughs> Why you had to put on The Quiet Storm voice man Excelente Excelente Alright That's how we feeling Um We have a guest today Before we get into the guest Church announcement <laughs> Follow the show on everything Instagram For the stress underscore podcast You can follow me On Twitter At twitter.com Slash 4kj You can follow Frankie On IG At Frankie Metals. You can follow a celestial goddess on IG for your holistic healing. Follow at Ivy's Tico on IG for your herbal needs. Follow Embrace Naturally on IG for your hair care needs. Follow the Dojo on IG at the Dojo JC for your recording needs. Make sure y'all like, rave, review, subscribe, tell a friend, and tell a motherfucking friend, and all that good shit like that. There. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we have a guest. The good brother has graced us with his presence, former congressional candidate of the 8th District, Hector Osingara Jr. How are you, beloved? Doing good, bro. Clap Thank it you up so much. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Thank you. Appreciate I, it. I appreciate you um, coming through. Appreciate you uh, willing to sit down and talk to us. Um, you know, we was talking before the mics went on, but and I said the previous episode with the elections coming rapidly but slow at the same time you know i just wanted people to kind of get a real in-depth look at what's happening out here from someone who is was involved in it is involved in it and you know i felt like you was the best person to talk to for that well it's a pleasure you know i'm i think is you know like you said topics we got to touch on and you know things that the people need to hear conversations they don't get every day and you know it's a pleasure to be here and thank you thank you fellas for opening your door and having me in here absolutely absolutely uh quick rundown for those who don't know hector hector ran in the eighth district what's what's the eighth district all right so the eighth district is what you could call the hispanic gerrymander right okay. so what is gerrymandering it's when people draw up these politicians drop a district mm -hmm. so that you don't pick the politician, the politician picks you. So they say, we we know this neighborhood is like this. We know this neighborhood is like that. We'll cut up the map mm -hmm. so that they know they're always going to win the election. So the 8th district is the Hispanic gerrymander. What does that mean? It's cutting all the Hispanic towns into one congressional district. It's mostly Hudson County because mm -hmm. that's where all the Hispanics are, right? Mm -hmm. But it cuts in Elizabeth in Union County. Why? Because there's a lot of Hispanics there. 
We Sounds also, like cheating already. <laughs> we cut in uh, Fairview in Bergen County. Only Fairview of Bergen County. Why? Because it's heavily Hispanic. We cut out Sea Caucus from Hudson County. We have all of Hudson County except for Sea Caucus. Why? There's a lot of white people yeah, so in Sea Caucus. Yeah, Caucus is mostly So, white. yeah, um, that's basically the 8th District. It's the Hispanic uh, community basically put into one congressional district and... Um, it's always been that way. It's it's usually been held in the for the last like most 20, 30 years probably, um, by someone from the Cuban community because that community is very powerful. Shout out to Frankie. County. Yeah. You would know, right? Union City, West New York, um, North Bergen, very heavily Cuban communities. Mm-hmm. And so the Shout current- out to Bergen line too. Where? B- Beeline. Uh, I'm there every day. Catch me. Day de los tacos <laughs> on 32nd. I'll be there every day. Um, and yeah, that's the 8th district. It's basically, I think that it's an underrepresented community because we're right close to New York City. Right. And we get a lot of business, right? But who's that business benefiting? Because mm-hmm. it's not us. I've lived here my whole life. I was born in Hoboken. I was born in what was St. Mary's Hospital, is now Hoboken City University, mm-hmm. and uh, raised in West New York. And I've seen the buildings go up, I've seen the rents get higher, I've seen the jobs not be here the way that they were. Um, back when I was a little kid, one full-time job could pay the rent and your bills. Right. Now you need yeah, two income done. earners in every yeah. household minimum. Yep. One person got to work two jobs and maybe a little side hustle, a little fraud on the side. Yeah, just to, just to make ends meet That's at the fact. end of the day. That's so all this money has come in. Where has that money gone? Because I know it's not to, to us. Mm. So um, with that, you specialize in uh, anti-money laundering. We're going to touch on that, huh? Which, which I you thought did was... your research. Which, which I thought was really dope because I'm yeah. like, man, we got somebody out here fighting these corrupt motherfuckers and like really in the field with it. I met Hector um, at a community event. Shout out to Black Men United. Shout out to Beloved Nev. Shout out to all of those brothers. I met... I actually started following you online first mm. because we share a lot of the same followers on I think it was Twitter yeah I think it's Twitter and a lot of the Jersey City political Mm. people that I follow follow you and I came across I like what you was talking about and then when I met you and everything you was talking about was just like motherfuckers this guy not in Congress because what you what you say your message is very grassroots it's very you you accurately reflect what the people want and i guess my question and all i'm saying all that to say what made you want to specifically specialize in anti-money laundering because i would think in a political world that would make you a target for real like they're like oh this guy's trying to see where the money's coming from fuck him like that's what that's what i'm thinking because i don't see a lot of politicians like no i'm going to specifically focus on corruption yeah and that that's like a i would think that's like a scarlet letter in the political world yeah so definitely during the campaign uh every time i turned on my car i would just pray to god a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, especially like some good fellowship especially if you talk about hudson county because you know it's it's a known thing yeah that it's hella corrupt everybody knows that how it goes around the money gets shuffled around well, well, I'm not, not to cut you off. Pause yeah. for the cause. For those who don't know how Hudson County and Jersey City politics work, how we get down is listen. 
the mob is very real out here okay like <laughs> i know y'all y'all watch sopranos and all of that shit but listen yeah, the mob from somewhere the mm. listen truth <laughs> real life is stranger than fiction sometimes yeah the mob is very real they might even start following me for even saying this but the mob is very real in hudson county they low and they are in the, the pockets of a lot of politicians i would say 98.9 percent politicians basically deal with the mob in hudson county absolutely absolutely and so basically i, I went to college i was always into the political world so i was a political science major mm -hmm. then i minored in economics right? okay and so i go to law school I knew I never really wanted to be a lawyer, lawyer, like go to court and argue. That's that's that was never really my style. It's not a lifestyle I really wanted to live. Right. So, you know, I focused on what, what are things that I like economics. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I took a course by a professor. My professor, when she goes to China, they follow her. She has a target on her back when she goes to China because she does this anti-corruption stuff oh, as a career, as a career. For, she's been teaching. it. so I took an international corruption course with her. OK. And when I came out of law school, I was really looking for a job. I was trying to find, you know, things in my wheelhouse. And I found a Spanish bank okay. that in that's in the field of anti-money laundering. Mm -hmm. You know, me being Dominican, I, I'm fluent in Spanish. And so they so they picked me up and, you know, that was the start of my career. But it was always something international corruption mm -hmm. follow the money right. all that sort of stuff is it are things that always spoke to me mm -hmm. probably having grown up in hudson county that's you know? a that's a uh, yeah. and so i just gravitated towards that and i found myself in this field i really like the field it is very interesting i do a lot of really cool things um if any of your listeners know what the panama papers are i personally worked on the investigation of the panama papers at a prior firm and things like that international corruption scandals there was something in brazil yeah. called operation car wash that i did a lot of work on myself bro and I am, i'm you like got me shook low-key because are you scared in any way doing that I'm not because none of it comes back to me, right? Okay. I work for a firm. Okay. And so everything I do is through this firm. It's not through me. So my name doesn't go on anything. I just have all these skills so I can use these skills. Right, okay. So, so, and, and it served me a lot during the campaign because we did that to the person I was running against, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not going to surprise you, but, you know, when the person I ran against, he, he was the former mayor of West New York, right? Mm -hmm. And when he was there, he gave these tax abatements. We might talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a very political thing to these uh, development companies, right? For 30 years later, who is the number one political contributor to this guy? Is the is the same company that he gave an abatement to 30 years ago. See? They're the biggest see. contributor. So, so again, you see, that these are just... It's not that I'm afraid because at the end of the day it's only a skill that i have it's not it's not me myself the whole thing about corruption is that i'm just bringing things to light it don't have nothing to do with me these things don't but have you, nothing to do with me i feel you but you know how you know snitches get stitches for real absolutely and you, you know see they're gonna, how they treat they're gonna kill the messenger <laughs> right you see how they treat whistleblowers and yeah. for you to be you know for you to specialize in that and then running with that as a major campaign point like I think it's commendable. I'm just, you know, I'm glad you're moving safe out here. Yeah, cause... maybe I'm crazy, bro, right? <laughs> maybe I'm just crazy. But I seen you did volunteer with uh, Elizabeth Warren, who yeah. also specializes in that. Absolutely. I thought that was dope. 
and uh, you also worked on Bernie Sanders' campaign. Did a little work for him as well. Could you speak to those experiences? Like Absolutely. So Elizabeth Warren was when I was in law school. And like you said, she was always on that side of the economic spectrum right. that is like, you know, more for the working class people, right. like more for the regular person. She created the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which right. uh, helped cap the rates that you get on your credit cards, all these type of things that, again, it's not things that people really know or talk too much about, but it affects your life. You're right on your credit card. That has a Absolutely. big effect on American life. Right. And so she was always on that side of the spectrum. And when she ran for the Senate, it's funny because I have a tendency to work on campaigns that I believe in personally, but I'm not sure that they're really going to win. Mm -hmm. And that was her because she was running and I truly did believe in her. And I'm up in Boston, Massachusetts. People say it's a very, very liberal area, but it's mm. actually really not. It's very conservative. Mm. Um, there are a lot of very conservative people up in Boston. And so her opponent was the incumbent and he was basically the most liberal Republican in the entire Senate. So I'm thinking he's basically playing to his crowd and he's gonna win. Mm -hmm. And so I'm volunteering for her. We basically just got out the vote amongst young people, amongst, uh, like law students, college students, all, all type of stuff like that. That's basically what we were doing is like driving up the turnout and it was really nice. And for Bernie, I did some door knocking, okay. uh, calling, you know, those sorts of things. Um, it was a great experience. It really was, it really was. And, and that definitely put me in the space to wanting to do more in the political world. Did those, did those experiences, um, like what did you take from those experiences to help you in your own campaign when you ran? Okay, that those campaigns gave me the the basically nuts and bolts of how these things work. Okay, because you see that the person the campaign that inspired me the most to run was AOC's. Mm. That's the one because I went to college, mm -hmm. the same college as her, a year different, mm -hmm. and having seen her win, told me it could be done. Right before her. You had to be somebody who was established because Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, they had a track record. Mm -hmm. They were known for a long time. Mm -hmm. AOC came out the blue right. and knocked some dude out. And that was the, I think, the first catalyst for a lot of people like me to say, if if she could do it, maybe I could do it too. Maybe other people in other places can take that energy and knock somebody out that doesn't deserve that position. I did see a lot of that, especially at the AOC one. I saw a lot of like just regular people like, you know what? Exactly, exactly to your point. Like, you know, if she could win, she's a bartender. She got student debt like I do. Like, fuck that. I'm a run, too. And I think that is very that is inspiring for someone like that. Like, oh, I used to go to the bar she work at. Not for nothing, but that's the way that it was meant to be. Like that's when true. America was first created, the mm -hmm. idea of citizen legislators mm -hmm. meant the so much. The reason we got a jury that you got to pick a jury and it's just random people is because the everyday regular person should be able to have a say in what goes on in our society. So the er in the early days, it was just your local shop dude who right. ran, who was a congressman because they were the ones who were so connected to the community that they knew what the people wanted. And it's it's become this thing now where it has so much to do with donors, with obviously the political hands that get washed right. uh, in, in this whole it, thing Citizen that's taking it away from us. It's like Citizens United or something Absolutely. Like Citizens United is one of those Supreme Court decisions that it just allowed a flood of money into our system, basically. Mm -hmm. So now... 
and and I'm telling you, I had a conversation with somebody not even 48 hours ago who told who told me this. Look, if you're not raising over a million dollars, you're not gonna matter. Jesus Christ! If you're not, if you can't bring over a million dollars to a congressional race, you just can't expect to win because you don't even have the resources. That's like trying to say you're gonna win a race and you basically have never even run before. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's gonna be impossible because people come into it. My opponent came into his race with already more than a quarter of a million dollars. God, they can just spend like that, put up a TV ad, send mailers to your home. And these things become basically mechanisms that prevent you from speaking. Because, yeah, we could speak on social media all we want. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing. I could put up ads on Facebook. I could be on Twitter and Instagram all day. At the end of the day, the high propensity voters, the people who vote a lot, mm-hmm. they're older. They're probably not on social media. The people who can reach them through traditional radio, TV, mm-hmm. uh, mailers, mm-hmm. these things are dumb expensive. It's going to stop a person like me from even... Most people are going to walk into the ballot box and not even know who's there, who's on the ballot. They're only going to know the person who's been there for a long time. And then we could get into so many other talks about how the ballot in New mm-hmm. Jersey helps incumbents. But that it's it's like you're running uphill the whole way it's it's a completely broken game you basically have to win a broken game so you so you're just playing with a half half (laughs) you playing like poker or something with half a hand basically at the end of the day and that's basically how it is and they keep it that way and they do things to keep it that way now in your fight to you know kind of level the playing field you've done a lot of work in jersey city because you know we were talking before that Jersey City is a hotbed for activism. Absolutely. There's a lot of activists here. There's 100%. a lot of um, social justice groups that just are birthed here. And I didn't realize Jersey City was that way until maybe last year. I didn't realize like there was this many activists in the city who were fighting to level the pain plant level the playing field and to make sure that people like me like frankie like my family can just know what's going on because like you know like i was telling you before like with the races that you were in i wouldn't know shit until a week before and i think i just want to commend you and everyone else in the city who's doing that work because y'all are putting more effort into making sure the regular citizens know what's going on because these things are important like i come on here every week and you know preach about voting locally and all that type of shit but like you were saying the older people who are not in tune with like podcasts Mm. or social media they're just waiting for all right well i got a letter in the mail saying so-and-so is running for sheriff let me go vote like my generation doesn't really pay attention to that shit so i think and I just wanted to commend you and everyone else in the city who was doing that because it's it's what I'm noticing is the shift in how how people are getting politically aware. Mm. Like I'm seeing even more older people like like my grandmother, for instance. Like my grandmother just got on Facebook maybe like six months ago, and she's seeing political ads. Mm. She's seeing oh board ad. Uh, elections coming up or midterms is coming up and she's hitting me like oh do you know so and so is running so I think that is a testament to the work that you and others like you are putting in because I think without that grassroots organization 
nobody would know nothing and we would be kind of stuck in the same cycle of well i didn't know they was running so i guess this is who i'm stuck with absolutely and that's really one of the reasons i even wanted to run is because and you will know this if you if you live in hudson county nine times out of ten these people run unopposed Absolutely. you don't even have a choice right. you don't even have somebody else to say you know i want to have a different option i i felt like you know what give people a choice have somebody have put up that argument of you know you guys are not doing really too much for the community and what we're doing is we're making them work mm -hmm. they have to try to not not instead of running unopposed now they're like oh wow now we got to go talk to these people now right, we got to right. go pretend like we care about them right and, and that's what we having to that's why i think it's good to keep up the pressure is like we can't let them feel complacent in their jobs mm -hmm. because they have become that way absolutely. They've absolutely become that way that they take that job for granted mm -hmm. they take the position for granted and they think they're just going to be there forever and they own that position right. those positions are owned by us the people and if you think that you're going to get sleepy in a job maybe somebody else is going to come up and say you know what i think i could do the job better than you and that's what I wanted to do is just give the people the choice, the bare choice to say, well, you know, at least we have another option if we choose, if we don't like what's going on now. Right. I think that's extremely important. And I, um, to touch on that, like, what did, you, you, you already spoke on your interests and what led you into your field now. Like, as far as the, political awareness like have you seen that shift like what do you think the difference is between hudson county political awareness maybe five years ago up until now it's a slow trickle i'll say but the youth is getting more into it the, the youth is absolutely getting more into it and um that's a good thing but the i want to i want to really open up that floodgate because mm -hmm. we don't understand that if we voted at the same rate that mm -hmm. the older generation does we actually have more votes if people people don't know that but the millennial generation people mm -hmm. born uh from like 85 to 2000 if we voted consistently we would far beat out the older generation's vote like the boomers and all the that. boomers okay we have a bigger group than the boomers we just choose not to use that power and that's an argument I get into a lot because I, I know a lot of young black and Latino men who are like, you know what? This system don't even speak to me. I don't even want to vote. This one have nothing to do with me. And and that bothers me because, you know, at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're telling you're basically saying I'm leaving that up to other people. Whatever y'all decide is what I'll live with. And if you want to have a choice, you need to vote. Well, how, how do you have that conversation with those voters? Because, you know, I was telling you before, like, damn near all week. I've been in arguments with people just DMing me because they know I'm an advocate for voting. Yeah. And I get a lot of men, whether it's black or Latino men, who just be like, man, fuck that. The system is this, that, and the third. Especially now in this national election where a lot of minority men hit me and be like, I ain't voting because both of them ain't shit. And da, 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 da. So how do you, as someone who is in this field, someone who deals with you know, not even deal with, who sees the consequences of people not voting. Like, how mm -hmm. do you get through to them? Because at this point, like, I, I just feel like right now in this, this specific election, 
there's no time for the bullshit. Like, there's yeah. no time for you, for people to just be like, I ain't voting, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. Like, how do you get through to those voters? Or those yeah. undecided, undecided, undecided voters, words? And and I think that that's a very good question because we have a lot of that in our community. Right. More so than in a lot of other communities. And what I think we have to do is show people that voting is an exercise in power. Okay. You are exercising power when you vote. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't see it that way. And there's a lot of work that goes into making sure that black and Latino men specifically, mm-hmm. but our communities in general, don't vote. There's a lot of, That's you know, poll taxes go back through history. It actually goes to today, but it's done psychologically mm-hmm. by telling people, you know, you don't have an interest in voting. You know, I, I don't know who the candidates are, this and the third. Mm-hmm. I'm not an educated voter, this and the third. There's always an excuse mm-hmm. as to why People can say, I'm not exercising that power. Mm -hmm. But if we can show people the effect that voting has on their daily life and show them that you have a right to decide who rules over our community, Mm -hmm. show them that they are exercising power. I think that we can uh, get more people to say, you know, am I happy with the direction that this is all going in or not? You know, a lot of people are just going to say, oh, they're going to pick who they're going to pick or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's just for the people. You know, our votes don't really mean anything. My vote doesn't count. Right. You know, I hear that a lot. I have a meme that I like to share with people. Right. Mm-hmm. And it shows a, a group of people that says I voted. It's a small group of people. And then it shows a wave of people behind them. It's like I didn't vote because my vote doesn't matter. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Right. If those people voted mm-hmm. it guaranteed yeah. would matter it would let, let's let, let's just break it down to to a, us the three of us are the only people in the country okay right me and Frankie are running for an election I tell people I tell you your vote doesn't matter your vote doesn't matter mm-hmm. you decide you're not gonna vote me and him split the vote 50-50 if you would've voted what would've happened yeah one of y'all would've won one of us one-on-one so how how does that so then how do we translate that because that 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 disconnection i don't know where it happens because it's like okay you try to tell people how important voting is how like you were saying how it can affect your community how it can affect your day-to-day and the regular person in the community just doesn't get that like is that a lack of explaining how it'll affect your day-to-day is that just like is that just negligence on a part of like organizers and politicians like where how does that disconnect happen because it's like if you're not a high information voter like if you're not paying attention to what's going on out here you're really not gonna give a fuck about what's going on absolutely but if someone would if someone would meet like us in our community where we are and be like listen if you doing this, if you don't vote, this is the direct consequence of you not voting. Like, how do we get there? Because that disconnect for me, I'm only seeing it widening, Absolutely. especially with the recent events with this, with this, with this election, with mm. this Ice Cube shit. Yep. I'm just seeing more and more of a disconnect, and more minority people saying they don't care, and the crime bill, and all this other shit. Like, it's just more people are like standing firm and I'm not voting because of what you said, but vote don't count. They're gonna pick who they wanna pick anyway. So how do we make that digestible so people understand how much voting affects their day of day? I think you could even break it down to the simple, 
question of like, would you like to earn more money? Would you like to, would you like or not like to have lead in your water? And uh. and the and the really kind of messed up thing about it is that we as human beings we only deal with a crisis when it's at our doorstep. We see a crisis oncoming, we just watch it, watch it, watch right. it until it's right in front of you. And that's kind of what we've done with voting and with our politics is that this has been a crisis that's been happening to us for a long time. Right. And if you tell people like. Would you would you like to have health care? Mm-hmm. Would you like to have good schools in your community? Better would you taxes, like to earn more, more money? You know, and it's it's it could really be that simple. It, it, I honestly am telling you, there's a lot of work that goes into voter suppression, and I really believe that that's done to our community. Telling people in our community, your vote doesn't count. Let me tell you, there's not one white person who tells themselves my vote doesn't count. And and, and that's it actually true. and that's and you can break that down actually to a class based structure as well because actually I think that there are poor white people who live in situations that mm-hmm. they might tell themselves my vote doesn't matter you know what I'm saying there could be situations where I think it's a class thing as well that the more po- impoverished you are the less likely you are to want to take the step of voting and yet those are the people who are most affected by the policies that voting would change if they voted but see even with like the poor whites like yeah. i even see them go out to the polls and, and and droves because right. it's just like i like this guy right i don't know shit about him but i like how he looks i like what he said i saw a commercial he looked like a good guy and they'll just go fucking vote right for no reason i don't know he could he could be he could his policies could be to fuck you and your community over but you play i like his commercial so i'm gonna go vote for him we don't have that here no we don't we don't have that and and that's the thing is that if we exercised our vote that way we would have a different world because these politicians would know that their jobs depend on us the only thing that these politicians understand there's actually two things that these politicians understand the first one is obviously money right money will make them change their minds and then the second thing is their jobs you know and if you were to threaten their jobs if you tell them like you will lose your job because Mm -hmm. of this they won't do it they will you know that's how they act and if we voted in those numbers, that's what that's why they don't want us to vote. Because if we did, we would change the result. Right. And and that's what I'm telling people is like, honestly, think of the example that I just gave of us three being the person in the country. You're the person. You are that deciding vote. Right. If you chose, you could be that deciding vote. And the more local it gets, the more true that becomes. The more true for your local board of ed race, you definitely could be the deciding vote. Right. That's a fact. People don't think about it that way. Now you now with the voter suppression, a lot of that, a lot of that misinformation, disinformation, or no information period comes from voter suppression. And I, you know, when I have these conversations with people, I tell them like, and I've heard this all over, but it's like if your vote didn't count, they wouldn't be working so hard Absolutely. to that's suppress. That's it. what I try to tell people a lot. If your vote didn't matter there wouldn't be so many like to me the kanye west run is a voter suppression tactic for black men um yo fam there's I've there, been, oh, i had this i had that same fucking thought and i just couldn't articulate it in that way it is that, that kanye shit is like high grade highly sophisticated voter suppression absolutely. because specifically for black men right specifically why why you think specifically for black men? Because now? that's who his vote that's who his voting base is gonna be. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of black men who are borderline Trump. Borderline Trump. And I speak to these people all the time. 
I I spent a lot of time up in Boston. Okay. Boston is the most racist place I've ever lived in my entire life. So much so that I have black friends. I used to live in a college town because, like I'm telling you, I'm going to college around there. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling them, yo, I live over here. They're like, no, nah, we can't go into that area. <laughs> For I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Is that kidding. bad? It's that bad. And not one black friend, not two black friends. Like They're just like, nah, we don't, we're not allowed it over there, bro. Jesus Christ. And... God damn. Those people are almost border they could be borderline trump voters and they a lot of them would write in kanye west i'm telling you and and unfortunately it's an attempt to rob black men of their power because they could decide this election clear absolutely and see and this is and this is that's my problem because you know as a black man and talking to other black men they have this this is um, what's the word I'm looking for? They have this weird like conviction that voting for Trump will somehow make their lives better. And I always ask them like, what has he done for you to convince you that if you give him another four years, your life will be better? And I've have yet to get a clear answer. And and honestly, it's a feeling. It's you're never gonna get a clear answer. I don't because- think Biden helped either though. Biden absolutely didn't help because he's not, um, you know, he's not like the better he would look, the easier it would be, you know, to just vote in his easy. Those people who are borderline Trump would just automatically go towards, you know what I'm saying? Biden, if he was so pristine, but he's not. And he opened his mouth a lot of times and it's like, damn, it's making me seem like you're trying to guilt me into voting for you. That that crime bill of his, though, is Mm -hmm. really like. I'm seeing like a lot of black men or a lot of another black people who are just like, no, because of his crime bill. Absolutely. And it's just like, okay, we just, me and Frank, was talking about it last week and I was made the point, like, if you feel that way about Biden, that's completely fair. But how do you, how do you get to, all right, Biden don't care about black people, so fuck him. So I'm a vote, vote for, Trump. for Trump. Yeah, like no, where's, I don't, sense. where's no, the correlation? No, like, I, I don't get it. You know, the honestly, the closest thing I get to an answer when it comes to that is that I think some people just like their racism open, and they'll be like, at least he's the open racist. I've I don't, heard, I've, yo, dead ass. I've heard, someone said that to yeah. me this week, and trust me, I and and it's not like it's a more about a feeling than it is about a thought that's why and that's why i think you people like you and me hit so many walls because we're trying to think our ways through this problem like what is it that's happening they don't it, they never get to that they just he makes me feel a certain way that's where it ends damn so it's like i can't even approach it with any type of logic at no, all at all you're and you're not going to be able to because there's no logic to it it's it's a feeling trump has tapped into their psychology in a way that they have bought what he's selling and what he's selling is a pro- is an idea not a product but fam he's a I, I guess that makes him a hell of a con man because that's, that's when I look at him I'm like yo fam he's Hitler, a fucking Hitler you. did that too who? Hitler did that too he oh, that's not an yours, idea bro. that's not yours that's no no yours. I did I got that fam oh alright bet. thank you my bad um that feeling though I, I guess to that point you're absolutely correct Frank because yeah, Hitler did the same exact shit. He just invoked feelings in people. He created a story, and then made people believe that story. But I just even I, and I'm, they did horrible things that exactly people normally would have said something, but he had him by the by the brain. 
but but even with that though i'm still looking at it like i guess i'm still looking at it logically but it's like i get the feeling perspective but it's like fam if you get down to like what he's actually done like he's it's bad yeah what like that shit is crazy yeah he's done nothing for us yeah absolutely nothing i mean people will say that he did that crime he that trump had a uh the first step act people bring that up a lot yeah to me it's bull to me it's you know people like him i if i'm not mistaken he was sold that by kim kardashian yeah right yeah and that kind of shows like who you such, should not be getting your political advice from exactly so that's that's basically what i was going to get to is like why do you have to be kim kardashian to pass uh uh a bill like that oh because she's a celebrity and that's the only people this dude respects and right. you know that's is, what type of leadership is that you know what i'm saying and it's like of course when you think about it logically the whole thing falls apart because there's no logic to it trump is not a logical agent he he basically he makes people feel a certain way and they like that feeling and and they will i'm telling you trump could crap in a bowl and give it to his supporters and tell them it's chili they would eat it and say it was delicious and that's not a lie bro it's not a lie i mean that's absolutely true because up until this point like the dude is teflon like nothing gonna stay that way bro like he's been impeached he got all types of scandals he's just around the country fucking shit up and everybody was like oh this is trump bro and I, and I get and I guess for me as someone who is like under looks at the political landscape understands the political landscape landscape to a degree it's hard I un, again I understand that perspective it's just hard for me to kind of accept it because it's just like I get the feeling I, I completely understand because you know it's, it's hip-hop artists and rap artists who I'll just love because of the feeling they give me even though they saying a bunch of bullshit, it's just, I like that feeling. But how are you doing that with your life, essentially? Like, how are you taking that feeling because he makes you feel a way and just like, well, I'm gonna support him. Like, yo fam, he's gonna kick your grandmama for healthcare. Yeah, I mean, it, we're watching an experiment in mass psychology and when the history of this time is written, it's not gonna be pretty. And um, I think that pe- if people really understood that, if people thought about the history, like, uh, you know, you brought up World War II and Hitler and shit. It's like, how do you, if you think of yourself as being remembered the way that those people are remembered, you know, that, that maybe that's what hits home because I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I know I can't reason people out of it. I got a, I got a cousin, a Dominican cousin, you know, darker complexion than me, hardcore Trump supporter, hardcore Trump supporter. I'm never going to talk him out of <laughs> Damn, it. This is, that's what I don't understand. Like, I, I, the, the report I, I, you've probably seen the report about all the kids not being able to get reconnected with their families like 500 and some kids 145 just, they, kids yeah like they can't find their families yep. they mostly immigrants coming from like Mexico South yep. America shit like that and it's like the support from Latinos from Trump has not moved at all you, like they don't yeah. give two fucks about that at all like this is like you that's your cousin coming from a Spanish speaking country yep who was never going to see their parents born again. in a spanish speaking country right like he's they're yeah. never going to see their parents again you're just like hey, i'll give him another four years mm. like what huh yeah I man just- <laughs> I, I wish i had the answer i really do man if, if i trust me if i could it's solve the trump like mental dilemma i you know I, I just think that there is no logic to it 
because it just so easily falls apart you know and and when you bring this is the thing when you bring those items to people that are trump supporters it's either a lie like they'll they'll just be like oh that story's a lie mm -hmm. or they don't believe it you know what i'm saying there's there's always going to be a psychological out for them such that i don't even think there's no convincing i i liken them to like conspiracy theorists mm. because you know me and frankie talk about conspiracy shit all the time <laughs> and when i see them i see how conspiracy theorists act because what a conspiracy theory is self-isolating or self-insulated rather to where you can like even when like yo the earth is flat yeah no it's not the earth is flat fam it's a globe right here now nah, that's bullshit the earth is flat so it's like they don't want to hear anything you hear anything you say is just it, the conspiracy just gets more right uh, right like, because that's what they want you yeah, to think exactly you think that earth is growth like it's a whole fucking it's a like it's it's self isolate yeah. it's self-insulating to where they not getting out of their dome yeah. and you're not penetrating it in any yeah. way and i see the same thing with trump supporters 100 who you can show yo he did this he did this he did this he did mm -mm. nope i i literally had that experience the other day because you know and and i play this game with trump supporters when one of them says i i've had this all the time they say when has trump ever done one racist thing Shit. when has trump ever done this is my favorite game to play it oh, really shit. is because i'll tell them I, I have two conditions is you know how many times can you say that doesn't count okay and then how many stories do you need to for it to be proven <laughs> you know like because i could pull up 20 right and, now and that's basically where we get to you know and and once i give you the number that you want if you still don't believe it you're not gonna believe it there's nothing i can do i've given you 20 incidents of this dude doing something blatantly racist you have an excuse for every single one of them you know what i'm saying usually it'll be something like oh you know it, it's it, and it, they it's just like you said it. exactly it's just like the self-insulating yeah. conspiracy theory you know there's nothing that i'm going to say you have to catch this dude in a clan robe and you're still gonna <laughs> say oh he's putting it on because he's doing a show later on you know what i'm saying no nothing you say is going to change the way that they see the world so how do you as someone who is heavily involved and grassroots organization how do you combat that because it just sounds like that's just a losing battle like in for people who you know who are on the ground who yep. wanted to who want to raise political awareness who, who want to show people how important and how detrimental this man and this administration is to our country how, like is there no getting through like you just kind of gotta leave them off to the side and talk to people who will listen well, you know, I think that's such a beautiful way to ask the question because the, the fact of the matter is that we live in such a beautiful place. Hudson County is such an amazing, beautiful place that, you know, thankfully, there are a lot of conscious people here. There are a lot of like your every your average regular everyday citizen in Hudson County, I think, is above average yeah, we're aware. citizen. Yeah, we're Absolutely. Aware. We are very aware. We read the news. Right. We know what's going on. Right. And so I think that there's a fertile ground for people to get flip that switch. You know, I feel like people for the most part want a better community mm -hmm. they're just in a place where it's controlled into a certain group of people so honestly with the grassroots stuff it's easy because people want to be involved people want to play a part in their community they want to take action mm -hmm. to make things better they just 
closed out of it by the powers that be around here. They don't have any outlets to go at to. At all. And that's all right. why it, things are so great for mm. people like me right now. All the activists that are working, uh, Black Men United, Solidarity JC, Hudson County Progressives. Right. You Shout know, out to all of them. All these people are doing so much work because all these people are like, you know what? I want to be involved. How, how come? How can I phone bank for Biden, go to Jersey City for Biden or NJOA for progress. Right. They're phone banking for Biden every other day. Um, you know, cool. people around here are very aware. If you want to make calls for the ballot initiative to legalize marijuana, mm -hmm. a DSA is doing phone banks every other day. You could ca call people up in Jersey and tell them to vote to legalize cannabis. All these things are a great tremendous explosion of energy because people are seeing that things are going wrong so like honestly we live in a great place where like for the most part uh people are aware of what's going on it's just a it's just a matter of activating more of them that's really the thing is giving people uh something to vote for you know mm -hmm. at the end of the day when you go into the ballot box so many times it's the lesser of two evils right, right? i think especially on the local level if you give people something to vote for not the other person sucks mm -hmm. not they're terrible but this is what i think the community needs mm -hmm. i think that there's there's a tremendous you know ground of opportunity for people to do that that's that's actually man that's fucking dope that's well i'm hopeful in that way that more people are you know aware and activated in that way i think on that side of it i think we're kind of in a unique city county state even to where we have more of that than the other side who was just kind of okay with the complacency who are kind of okay with the way things are and who don't want to see anything better be or see anything different because it's not affecting them in any way like i will that's why I, that's why i always say like jersey city is, is such a, a unique has a such and even, I mean, let me not limit it to Jersey City. Hudson County is in such a unique position because we have, like you, everything you were saying, like everyone is, they want more. Mm -hmm. And we've, like, like you were speaking earlier to with the gentrification mm -hmm. in, um, you know, West New York and Fairview and things like that. We've all been here long enough to see that change and see how it's affecting us on a day to day. My rent's going up. Mm -hmm. Groceries are expensive yeah. as shit my day playing for my child's my child's daycare is expensive as fuck like we've all seen this change within the past what 10 to 15 years Absolutely. and i think that is the perfect reason to be like you know what you need to go to this meeting or you need to you know talk to these people because they're talking about things that are affecting you right now i just think that it's a i still think like like you were saying more people need to get activated i still think there's a slight disconnect in from when the meetings and things and organizing are happening to people getting people knowing about it absolutely because it's always like after the fact absolutely and and i think we're doing a lot of work on that i'm definitely trying to work on that it's like uh creating a hub for people to to know what's going on um on a regular basis because we need the energy right you know like i said before voting is is a form of power that you're exercising but voting is not the only way to participate in politics mm -hmm. uh showing up at these meetings showing up uh at your board of ed at your city council meeting and speaking up uh scheduling meetings with your, with your council person with your 
freeholder anybody you know these things are forms of power that that we could be exercising on a regular basis but the regular citizens don't know that like yeah. a lot of people that i know personally don't know hey i could call my freeholder and be like i need to meet with you on tuesday yeah. we don't know that and and we don't do it which is why they don't listen to us and and that's and that's the ultimate thing is that it's a feedback loop you don't pay attention to them they're not going to pay attention to you and and you know what that brings me to another point that th i think that's why you know when when our communities be like well what about the, the hasidic community or the lgbt like i always say to them like they get shit done because they pay attention absolutely they know look i'm at the board of ed meeting yeah. I know when the city council is voting on any fucking thing, I'm there. And I don't know whether that is the government kind of trying to make sure we don't know, or is that our own ignorance? I, I, you know, just to me, I put it on us. You know, everybody has to take responsibility because I agree with you. You know, the, the Jewish community, why do they get listened to? Because they're active. Because they know. Yeah. Let one politician say something greasy about the Jewish community. On you're out of here. Yeah, you're gone. How many how many times do we have to listen to politicians say greasy stuff about black people or Hispanic people? And and the reason that they don't get the pushback is because we're not putting the fire to them. So, you know, obviously you could always there's always you could put it on the system itself, but the system itself is always gonna be abusive to us. So at the end of the day, it's on us to take that step to say we're gonna fight back against an abusive system. Fam, because and it's funny you say that because whoever that fucking politician from Jersey City was. I think she was on the board of Ed. And she said something like vaguely anti-Semitic. And they was like, nah, she got to get the fuck up out of here. She got to get out of here. And it was just like that, just the, the quickness and the efficiency. That shit blew me away because I'm like, yo, fam, she, okay, I can see how you could take it that way. But it can also have been like a, a miscommunication thing. And they was just like, nah, she got to get out of here. She's anti-Semitic. And why, and why is that? Cause they don't fucking play. Yeah, cause they, <laughs> they don't, don't play. They don't play at all. So I okay. If if we treated politicians who said greasy stuff about black people like that, that's and that's what we gotta get to. And the re and again, like I said, it's a feedback loop. It's because we don't pay attention to them. Okay. That when they say something greasy and we try to rile them up, they'll be like, I never seen you before. I don't care about what you're saying. So I've never gotta, seen you before in my life. Yeah. I, you're nobody to me. I think that's I think that you were speaking earlier about the psychology. I think that is a result of the years of just psychological oppression mm. to where these politicians have kind of fed us. Y'all don't matter. Y'all don't count. Y'all don't matter. And we've started to believe that. And we just kind of let them. All right, you're right. We don't matter. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. I didn't want to take it there, but goddamn, no, you right. It is, man. You don't believe the system is for you, and so you won't participate in it because it's not for you. And and I understand it, but it's something that has to pass or has to, because at the end of the day, we are called upon mm -hmm. to take this system and say, this is my system. Like me and my girlfriend, my girlfriend's from the Philippines, right? And she and she was raised in New York and Queens mm -hmm. and she gets so mad at me. She says, because I do things that men of color shouldn't do in our society, basically. And she and my girlfriend basically says, oh, you really think you're an American? You you think you're American for real? And I'm like, yeah, I mm -hmm. really do. I really do think I'm American. They could, you know, I'll wild out. I will because you're not going to treat me a different way. I'm going to act as if this is my country because it is my country. Mm -hmm. I'm going to act as if 
I'm the owner of this because it's mine. And we have to act that way. We have to grab this thing and be like, this is mine. And we're going to act like this thing is mine now. Man, I completely agree with you. But, you know, to your point of the post-traumatic slaves syndrome, like a part of me feels like that shit is so deep rooted in our community that to our core, a lot of us are just like, we don't belong here. I understand. We, we, we're, we're, we're never going to be apart because it's just the years and the, the centuries of the greater society making us feel like we don't belong here. Like I said, they we now have internalized that and just like, you know what? Fuck it. Bro, I will say it took us centuries to get into this thing. It's going to take us centuries to get out of it. I, I truly do believe that. And honestly, we haven't even started getting out of it. So just so people know, we, we might be in a maybe towards the end of it people might say if we're if we're if we're gonna be optimistic about it but it took so long and we're still in it we still live in a in a pseudo slavery system we we really do Shit. one of the realest things that ever happened to me this might be why i am who i am today or one of the reasons i remember being a little kid in school fourth fifth grade we're learning about history we're learning about slavery i go up to my teacher and i said you know because we didn't get to the end of it i just <laughs> You know, after you know, so whatever ha ended up happening with this slavery thing, because obviously we don't have slaves anymore. So whatever ended up happening, and she said, "Well, actually, we're still actually going through it now. It hasn't ended." Shit. And I was like, "What? Shit. I was like, what are you talking about?" Shit. I was like, "There's no slave." She's like, "Don't worry about it." She's like, "We're still going through it now." I went, took my seat, and went upon my day. That's. And, and <laughs> how old were you, bro? I must have been like. 10 11 a little kid that's some know? significant shit to hear at 10 years old like. right and i thank that teacher to this day yeah because that's to a this drool. very day because exactly she put that gem in my head that when i was older and i saw things i was like this is what she was talking about wow this is what she was talking about and she was right back then right. this is in the 90s right we're not talking about at Trayvon Martin, we're not talking. This was back then, right. and she told me a white lady tells me this, and again, it's these things that I, I'm so happy we live in the community we live in because I think we do have a lot of people that are very well educated, mm -hmm. and they'll tell you I never learned about Christopher Columbus as a liberator or as a as a explorer mm -hmm. from the get. A lot of my teachers were like actually this guy was a genocidal maniac like i can't believe we still teach you about him and they would tell me we were taught the propaganda that this mm -hmm. guy came over as a as a, mm -hmm. as a savior or whatever he was a, a fucking maniac man see and that's and that's funny <laughs> and, and that's funny because i went to dickinson mm. and i can't remember my history teacher's name but whoever you are dude you know who i'm talking to but <laughs> he i remember specifically him when we talked about christopher columbus he would say well you know he came in he brought fucking fruits and vegetables and all types of shit for the natives like he he positioned christopher columbus like he was he discovered right america there. yeah yeah nah. and it, it wasn't oh until pff, like four years ago just reading stuff online and doing my own research i'm like oh this man was a fucking maniac like he wasn't i think it's a crime against humanity that we're not taught about the tulsa massacre in in our history class and you know why that is. Yeah. You know why they yeah, don't I teach know. us about I that know. stuff. And, and they don't want to teach us about that stuff because little kids might have that moment that I had as a little kid. Right. When you start to tell yourself, like, what is going on over here? No, no, that's a. F I mean, with with everything we touched on, it just 
an argument could be made that this fight is too big for us. This fight is too far out of reach. This has been happening for too long. We're never going to win this shit. We might as well lay down and just try to deal with it because this is never going to change. I don't feel that way. How do you approach people who feel that way? Because that's a very real mentality that keeps people from not voting, from not being active, from not being involved. Like, how do you talk to those type of people? Because this fight is like everything we've discussed so far is like systematic shit that is, like you said, it's going to take centuries to dismantle. Or how do you talk uh, more specifically, like with the police? Mm. Like, how do you talk to those type of people? Because a lot of people that I talk to are just like, man, that shit ain't never going to change. What you're talking about is being paralyzed by the scale of what we're up against mm-hmm. because at the end of the day you know we're not gonna kid around you know like we talked about this it's an uphill fight Absolutely. it's not like this thing it's not like the things are in our favor right? right so you know what do you tell yourself is like if you're living in the times of slavery what are you gonna tell yourself oh this is just the way it is this is just the way it is we we can't change it nothing's gonna change right. we're always gonna be slave slavery is always gonna right. be here you know, you could you could have that argument with so many things in history. At the end of the day, it's because of people speaking out against the system mm-hmm. and doing their part that these things come to change. Like we were talking about before, if like think about what you, how you're gonna be remembered in history. Are you gonna be remembered as the person who said, you right. know, we just live in slavery times, man. It's just whatever it is. You know, I gotta worry about myself. I can't worry about them slaves. Right. Or are you gonna be the person that said, you know, this is unjust and I'm gonna do, I'm, I'm not gonna be the single, no single person ended slavery. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it came of knocking down an entire system. Mm-hmm. And this gonna be the same thing. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kill corruption in in the universe. You know, like as much as I would love to, I'm not gonna end. You know, scheming politicians. You know, that would be a great thing. But no single person is going to be the person that ends everything. We all bring this thing along, and you could only do your part. But you got to do your part at least. That's that's what I tell people. Is like, like I said before, ask somebody like. Would you prefer to earn more money? Mm-hmm. Would you prefer to have lead in your water or not have lead in your water? It, it's very, it's really much that simple. If like, if you just saw in your own life how these things really matter, all you got to do is do your part, and it does. It's really not even that much. It's right. not that much work. It's it's showing up at a meeting every every other Tuesday, mm-hmm. or it's like speaking up. Casting a ballot doesn't take any time. You go to a building, you fill it out, or you get it in the mail, you fill it out, and you put it back. I think, I think, I again, I agree with you. I just think some, I don't know when, but somehow people have become convinced that politics isn't life, mm. and life isn't politics, mm. and people see the political realm as something foreign, something mm. that's not really going to affect us, because especially like, talking to people from my community like i'm dealing with dudes from the hood i'm dealing with dudes who are just you know we was before the mics we was talking about just dudes staying out of jail i'm talking to those type of people and to them the political realm just is something it's you might as well be talking about mars and and it's funny because again like i said they're the ones most affected most affected Mm -hmm. wouldn't they be the ones that benefit most 
if the if the district attorney was somebody who wanted to defund the police and right. wanted to switch services over or end recidivism right. you know they're the ones who are most affected and who have the most to gain by just saying if i fill out this ballot mm-hmm. or if i show up at a community meeting mm-hmm. if i speak to my neighbors about what's going on they're the ones whose lives are going to be materially better it's just i and and i i believe you and i understand it it seems so foreign but if you just ask them like don't you think wouldn't you benefit if the cops wasn't allowed to beat the shit out of you whenever they wanted wouldn't you benefit if jobs paid you more wouldn't you benefit if your moms or your grandma or your auntie just had health care and didn't have to you know preserve insulin or break apart mm-hmm. her her prescription pills because she can't afford to buy anymore they would be the ones who would benefit the most and that's a trust me bro that's a tough sell because you know being from jersey city like i live on a hill and you know again me and frankie talk about this shit all the time like the police up there are like damn near military occupation like they just sit on the corners all night with their the lights on like they're not protecting anything they're not trying to help anybody they're just there to make their presence be known like don't do nothing because we here nev says something uh nev perkins of black man united shout, shout out to him you love the young brother and he says something that is so true is that the most prosperous communities are not the most policed they're the most resourced if our neighborhoods were resourced the way other neighborhoods are resourced, you would see the same outcome. Crime is a function of poverty. Right. People in desperate situations commit right. crimes right. to, you know, sustain a lifestyle right. of sustenance. And if those people didn't have to do those things to live a decent lifestyle, they probably wouldn't. And, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but at the end of the day, you know, it's those politicians that have to see that their approach is only making things worse and if we don't step up they're never gonna because they don't have nothing to fear so we have to get them to fear us we have to get them to fear us and and that starts with participation however you call participation you know some people think voting is so foreign okay you don't have to vote show up at a city council meeting Mm. ask a question call up your local official you know build up to voting you know it it, you know because there's so many other ways you can participate and i and i with that i think that lies into the people really not understanding how the political system works because they just see voting as the thing i have to do and disregarding everything else Mm -hmm. and i think with that it's it's you know, I try to have these conversations because I, I do want the guys and the, the people in my community to be aware, to be active and just for them to to, to kind of see, you know, this matters. The voting matters, the everything that we've been talking about, the Board of Ed matters, all this shit matters. And maybe this is the optimist in me, but I'm seeing that gap closing slowly, but I'm seeing it close because more people who are just waiting on a bus to go to work are realizing wait damn they're cutting bus routes mm. 
why are they cutting bus routes? Let mm. me go talk to the, let me go see what the city council is doing about bus routes. Just little things like Absolutely. that are making people be like, I right, yeah. I need to know what the fuck is going on yeah. because I can't get to work because y'all cutting bus routes. My rent is going up because y'all building a fucking luxury condo across the street, yeah. even though this is a crack infested neighborhood. Like, mm. I need to know what's going on. Yeah. And so I'm, the optimist in me is is seeing that gap closing, but still the well, maybe I'll pay attention to social media too much, but the it just seems like the the voices of people who are like, this shit don't matter. Voting doesn't matter. None of this shit matters. It seems more overwhelming than it actually is. And I think to go to the social media point, I think that is a form of like psychology, psychological manipulation to make it seem more bleak than it really is absolutely and i never fall into bleakness i don't fall into defeatism because at the end of the day you know what are we gonna just all lie down and die you know what i'm saying like even if it's even if it's a difficult situation you got to fight against it you know i'm not gonna just lay down and say well life sucks and there's nothing you can do about it a lot of people would like to just do that I, i personally have drive to say you know we can have a better society if if we try and I definitely come up a, a lot with people who are like, yeah, voting doesn't matter. My vote doesn't matter. I'm not right. voting for anybody. And, you know, I just impress upon people, just like you said, it's like it's going to affect your daily life. You are in a way. And my boyfriend, the military, tells me that his sergeant used to tell him this is that inaction is a choice as well. Mm. So just because you're not voting, don't think that you're getting away with it because you're going to have to live with the world that we live through because you didn't vote. That's a fact. That's a, and I think that is a that is a concept that people just completely ignore that. Yeah, <laughs> you not doing anything. That's doing something. It's doing something. So with this with this current election going on, like I know you're a registered Democrat, so I, I know um, to a degree, you know, you're gonna support Biden. We support, I support Biden. Frankie's kind of on the fence, but get out of here, Frankie. You on the fence? Yeah, I don't like Biden, but I voted for him. <laughs> but you are voting for him. Ah, uh, see, we, we we got one. We got one. No, I definitely put myself in that same space, you know, like I'm not exa- I'm not excited for the guy, but we got to do our duty. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And it's like this. Somebody could say, I'll either I'll poke you in the stomach mm-hmm. or I'll shoot you in the eye. Uh, you could be like, I don't want either one. Right. But is one worse than the other? I could block a poke. <laughs> I, might, I might not block a shot. Not a shot to the eye, no. <laughs> so, so, you know what I'm saying? It's like, of course, you know, obviously you don't want either one. I don't want you to do either one to me. But if I got to choose one, I know which one I'm choosing. Now, what, what, what you were saying about, you said something earlier about, you know, politicians doing a bad job. If you could give advice to Biden mm. to about how to speak to our communities. Yeah. What would you tell them? Support Medicare for all. Okay. Um, say you're going to end student debt. Uh, it, it would be all policy based. And that's the messed up thing about it is that it, it, it would be so simple. We wouldn't even have to believe you, bro. Just that's say fact. it. That's a say fact. you're going to support, um, you know, things that matter to us. Good jobs. I think if he said he was going to support Medicare for all and cancel student debt, that that might do it right there. The youth vote would would turn out a lot those are things that really matter to us and you know what to add to that point i've been noticing how these politicians move when it comes to our community 
I think I said this online somewhere that they specifically focus on criminal justice whenever they're talking oh about our God. our community. Yes. And I fucking hate it. Oh my I hate God. it so much. Like I've had this conversation and it's just like I understand the importance of criminal justice. Like, yes, we are disproportionately affected by criminal justice, the laws and all of that shit. But we're much bigger than that. Like, Absolutely. we give a fuck about economics. We care Absolutely. about the planet. Nigga. Not everybody's like, in jail. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we, I don't have no record, my nigga. Like, what the right. fuck? you? Why you keep talking to me about criminal justice? Right. Like, this is not all I care about. Absolutely. And uh, I definitely... Uh, call it the same way that every time they talk about Latinos they talk about immigration right and it's like bro we're already here you know what I'm saying it's like uh, I and and it's, it's just a lazy way that they try to be like oh well we throwing you people something so stop complaining bomb, yeah. yeah and and I, I, I was shit. so it was so uh, open cause like at the debate I think it was like the question was like oh what is your plan for black America and Trump immediately starts talking about criminal justice like bro we're not all criminals right. I, and to me that's it's own form of racism you know what I'm saying it's like, Damn, it's like I never thought about you're, it that way. you're already Damn. talking to us to, from a perspective of oh obviously you people care about the criminals right cause y'all all the criminals right damn I even think of it and, like and that and it's just so like so disgusting and that's what I tell people like when people ask me like oh how do you talk to the Latino community I tell them like don't talk about immigration alright like that's a fact. we're not trying to hear that already like talk to us about jobs about education about healthcare about daily life stuff like that's the things that we care about damn now that you said that it's like it makes so much sense that that's another form of racism because it's like y'all not even looking at us as people y'all looking at us as criminals, criminals. That's like we're gonna be in the system about. that's literally the only like that's all, like about. that should that should pisses me off so much because it's like i look at the democratic party i'm like Yo, we will have y'all will have so many people on y'all side if y'all just talk about regular degular shit yeah the the democratic party should should honestly only be run by women of color i think that they would do completely fine and and, mm. and it's like i think we said this off the mics but um the most regular voter for the Democratic Party is black women. That's they are the strongest uh, voting population for Democrats. If Democrats were just to, like, honestly give a policy that spoke to black women, mm -hmm. they might never lose an election again. That's a fact, because every person in my life who has pushed me to vote has been a black woman. A black woman, excuse me. My grandmother has, when I turn 18, she, go to the polls, go vote. God bless the dead. My aunt Viola, she put, you need to, did you vote? My mother, you, did you vote? You need to go vote. And I would say I was kind of in a blessed position because the women in my life told me to go vote, but it wasn't just go vote Democrat. It was, you need to know who you voting for. Mm. Like, I remember, like, my grandmother was so ill well, is so ill because when I first started voting, when I turned 18, she would send me stuff or hand me pamphlet, pamphlets mm. of who's voting and what their policies are. She's like, no, you need to read this because you need to know who you're voting for because you're a young black man. Of, you're a young man. Of, you're a young black man. And if you vote blindly, the policies might affect you negatively. Mm. And I think that was just like that teacher instilled that in you that was instilled in me young mm. so that's what i tell like my family and all my friends like i tell them like yo yeah you need to vote but at least have an idea like google is free bro yeah google these people's names yeah it takes 10 to 15 minutes tops 
Google these people's names. Just look at the website. Look at the website. Yeah. See what they talking about. Even if you don't really believe it, if it if it's something that you kind of agree with, or if their interests align with yours, that's who you should put your vote with. And I think we kind of need more of that. I mean, I'm thankful, forever grateful in that way because of that's how I came up. But everyone hasn't had that type of education. Mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't educated at all by the people around them. And I think, I think me and Frank, we talked about this before, that our community for decades have just been told, go vote. Not why yeah. or who. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Just go vote. Yeah. It don't matter. Yeah. Just go vote. And I think that, along with photo suppression, racism, and all that other shit, that has kind of set us back to where we kind of have to be re-educated to how to vote, why we're voting, who to vote for. Mm. So it's 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 a long fucking fight, but mm. you know, it's the fight, man. We gotta fight. We really gotta fight. Indeed. Um. All right. What? 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 Lastly predictions for the election yeah i mean i don't think that it's sewn up yet i think that we're in that space where every vote matters Uh um you know i'll make a little news right here you know i'm definitely gonna support joe biden i am voting for joe biden i voted for joe biden by mail and i sent in my ballot um i think that it's very important for people to turn out and vote you know Uh i i do think biden is the better the two candidates by far i think that trump has been very destructive and and basically anything we could do to get him out of office would be a step in the right direction right um do i predict he's gonna win you know it's that's the thing it's like we lived through this already in 2016 Mm -hmm. that the polls were saying somebody was up somebody was up somebody was up and they lost Mm -hmm. so i i don't really put too much stock in that i think that every vote is going to matter it's gonna come down to the last hour if anybody here is uh undecided your vote will matter if you want to know actually this is what i'll tell you these are the states to watch for um north and south carolina Mm -hmm. uh pennsylvania Mm -hmm. florida and um ohio right if those states go for biden the game is over and those are I'm, I'm talking about i'm trying to not stay too much on the west coast because uh, that if that it goes later into the night but let me tell you if joe biden takes texas that it's it's one um if joe biden loses those states it's probably over so look Shit. look to those states south, north and south carolina south carolina is definitely gonna go uh red mm-hmm. but if it takes a long time to call that's a good night for joe biden if south carolina is not called early mm-hmm. that's a good night for joe biden okay if joe biden wins pennsylvania he won if he wins Florida, he won. At that point, it'll be Ohio. Florida's now, if so we start getting into the West Coast states, yeah. if, if we're waiting to that, it's probably a bad night for Joe Biden. Shit. So we we will know. We will have to know probably by eleven o'clock. And um, like I said, you know, I don't think it's sewn up yet. I think there's a lot of time. We're living through this crazy election. Yeah. This very very crazy election yeah. where people are voting by mail. People are voting in so many different ways. So there are going to be a lot of votes already cast the day it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, by 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock that night, um, look out for those states. The Carolinas, Florida, um, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Those will be your bellwethers. If, if those are going more for Biden than for Trump, mm-hmm. that, I think that's the sort of night we're, that we're going to have. All right. Well, 
Look, man, don't don't <laughs> remain optimistic, but also remain realistic because this thing is gonna come down to the last last vote. Mm. If you do choose to vote, please vote. If you're going in person, make sure you're safe because COVID. We didn't even touch on COVID, but Ooh. that's the whole hour and a half so we ain't got to do all of that but if you're going to vote in person please be safe um we're just gonna have to work on undecided voters because that's a, a whole other fight in themselves um uh, tell people where they can find you man what, what you got coming up events and all of that good shit man word so uh you can find me on oseguera 2020 that's my last name oseguera 2020 on facebook twitter and instagram um the website is still up. Osegata 2020. You can look at my old campaign uh, page from the primary. You gotta run again, bro. Yeah. Uh, again. You know, we're, we're keeping all our options open. I definitely, you know, I'm not fading out at all. There's a lot of energy out here. People are organized. So, um, you know, if anybody's into mutual aid, you could look at New Jersey Match, NJ Match, which is mm -hmm. the Hudson County. Solidarity JC is always doing mutual aid. If you're down with electoral politics and mm -hmm. you, you want to get involved, uh, hit up the Hudson County Progressive Alliance or the New Jersey Progressive Democrats. Um, we're always looking for more people. If if anybody listening wants to run for a position, hit me up. We're always looking to change the face of the government yes. to reflect us as a people. Yes. So that's really what I got going on. I'm going to be uh, messing around in Jersey City for a little while. So yeah, you're going to see me popping word. up every now and again. But, you know, Hudson County is a big place. There's a lot of people here. And uh, we're, we're trying to make sure that the people get represented. So... Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'll be doing an OnlyFans uh, later on with the exclusive <laughs> content you already know. <laughs> gotta get it how you live, bro. 2020 is a wild time. However, you gotta get to the people, do it. Word. Um, but yeah, thank you again, bro. This was uh, this was a very you, good bro. conversation. Frankie, you got anything? No, very good episode. Mm -hmm. Well, um, in the meantime, in between time, follow show and everything. Instagram for the stress underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash 4KJ. You can follow Frankie on IG at Frankie Meadows. You can follow a celestial goddess on IG for your all your holistic healing. You can follow at Ivy's Tico on IG for your herbal needs. You can follow at Embrace Naturally for your hair care needs. You can follow the dojo on IG at the dojo words at the dojo jc for your recording needs make sure y'all like rave review subscribe tell a friend and tell a motherfucking friend and um optimism for the stress where it because it's an uphill battle but you know we gotta fight bro we gotta fight and wear your fucking mask god damn it please don't this is this shit is not over cases are going back up Please wear your goddamn mask. Y'all be safe. For the Stress Podcast endorses you, Hector. So whenever Ooh. you run again, you have Ooh. our official, official Frankie we, endorsement too. Yeah, we, we, we have you have the uh, For the Stress endorsement. Uh -oh. Make sure y'all follow Hector on everything. Support everything that he's doing. Shout out to all the activists in the city. And uh, yeah, man, see y'all at the polls. We out. That was tough. That was good, man. I liked it.